Hi, I'm Maddie, and our friends are getting dangerously close to finding our podcast on Google. (laughs) Hi, I'm Al, and if you're one of our friends listening, congratulations. No, don't congratulate them. (laughs) Don't reward this behavior. And behold, manga. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, I feel it's suiting because this is a special episode where instead of talking about a um, specific series, we're actually going to do an... An award da, show. Da, da. It's a little End congratulations, but for books, and they, they don't... They can't... They don't even know they're being <laughs> congratulated. <laughs> it's the award show. Um, yeah, we're... F- I feel like we should have a theme song. Do you want to write a first theme song? First year. Start singing. Here she comes. Miss I don't know manga award. This <laughs> is <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I feel like this is kind of awkward because it's our first time doing this. Yeah, but it's fun. It's and the beginning it's of the endless. year and we're kind of wrapping up. Our first year. I would say our first year, but it also includes the few months from the year previous. But then we took a break. So it still amounts to about a month. Uh, I mean... About we still did 12 episodes, so that's yes. like an episode per month, even if we did, it doesn't necessarily fit within the year. I think so, too. So we've chosen eight categories of our favorite things, and we selected stuff from every series, and then at the end we're going to tally how many votes we have from each series and crown the best series we read in the year. So the f- categories are favorite overall character, favorite world, Favorite villain, favorite protagonist, favorite couple, favorite friendship slash found family, favorite quote, favorite podcast manga read this year, manga of the year, which is the um, Final most mentioned crowning winner. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. And then discussing other manga and books we've enjoyed this yeah, year. Yeah, we'll just have a little chat and after manga releases. And everybody grab year. a nice warm cup of tea. We'll just have a little chat together. Yeah, if you have so a if you have a pet, make sure they're curled up on your lap. That's so important. <laughs> my my pets aren't. All right. Favorite character. Who do you have? So my favorite character was Nina from Ultramaniac. Really? That's cute. Yeah. She's a fun little gal. My favorite character was, of course, the scrunkly dad himself, Yukimi from Neveri Noo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you expected that of me. I didn't expect Nina for you, but that's great. Nina's not a happy-go-lucky teenage boy, which is usually your type, so that's good. (laughs) There was, like, a lot of options, but, you know, Nina is just, like, a character that I read this series when I was, like, first getting into manga in, like, middle school, so she's one that stuck with me. I really like her. Yeah, this is very biased list, by the way. This is very personal. (laughs) This is not going to be measuring the objective value of any series we read this year. It's true. With that said... My favorite world was the Pokemon world from Pokemon Adventures, which isn't fair because the Pokemon world is just awesome in general, and they didn't even make it for the series. But, you know, it's my list, and I do what I want. So were you going... Okay, when you decided favorite world, were you going by favorite world you would live in or, like, favorite aesthetic? You know, either. What did you go by? My favorite world is not one I would necessarily want to live in, but I love the aesthetic of it. Uh-huh. And that would be a Tagami Bachi. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you want to live in the god allegory? <laughs> no. Like, I would not want to live in that world, but also I really love that aesthetic. 
The seasonal the depression lamp, would yeah. be so bad. <laughs> it would be so bad. It would be, honestly. World. If you live in the Pokemon world, you get to have your own little buddies. And they run around. I, I was literally Pokemon, playing was like, Pokemon ah. Violet like 10 seconds before I hopped on this call <laughs> with you. So it's not fair. <laughs> Who was your favorite villain, Al? My favorite villain? Um, oh, I should have written his name. I just wrote the manga he was from. <laughs> you know, That's that guy. <laughs> well, it's, you know, that guy from Neveri No. Let's see if I remember. Uh, oh. The one yeah. who's like. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. I found his hold name. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, guys. Hello. We're recording our podcast now. Is there anything you want to say into the microphone? Uh, tell me if you can hear this. I envy you. <laughs> Wait, Maddie, is it recording us right now? It sure is. If you can hear this, please email me. <laughs> Stop giving your email out on the podcast. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Did you just give me a professional business email to the random listeners? <laughs> okay, enjoy Pokemon. <laughs> this is a this is a difficult situation. Uh, goodbye. I'll leave you guys with that. Anyway, <laughs> okay. sorry. Did you figure out the name? Yeah. So my favorite villain was Kotaru Fuma from Neberi No. Kotaro? Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember him. That guy was yeah. crazy. And that's what made him a good villain. Uh-huh. My Very favorite well villain, I said, was mm-hmm. all of the demons from the Promised Neverland, which is more than one demon, but together, you know? They that were just fair enough. The sense of dread, the constant sense mm-hmm. of dread and the designs. Oh, man. So good. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. What was your favorite protagonist? This is a two for one. I said Emma from The Promised Neverland. She's <laughs> such a good kid, and I just want to wrap her in a blanket and tell her everything will be okay. And just really good protagonist vibes, you know? Okay, Who was so yours? this is probably not that shocking, but my favorite protagonist was Miharu Rokujo from Neberi No. Yeah. Uh-oh. We're already stacking up the Neberi No <laughs> points. I knew this was going to happen eventually. <laughs> but maybe in the second half, someone will come around. All right, um, favorite couple is Strobed, right? It's got to be Strobed. <laughs> yeah, it's Strobed. Yeah, Strobed. <laughs> mm, yep, functional couple, developed, well-developed, we love it. Um, yeah, it's Strobed. I don't remember either of their names, but they're good kids. Uh, Ninako and Ren were the main couple, but I also feel like I really liked, um, oh, what was his name, Daichi and um, the girl there. Oh, yeah. Man. Ninako's friend, the girl, you know. What a good podcast episode of us trying to remember names from <laughs> books we read eight months ago. This is really entertaining. All right, no, it's moving on. So the up. girl there. Daichi and the girl there. Um, favorite friendship slash found family. My personal favorite trope. Uh, so my favorite friendship slash found family was the Plus Anima group. Aw, yeah, that's so true. I love them. They just yeah. travel around and they're best friends and they all come from really messed up backstories and support each other. You're so right. But unfortunately, I have to throw another vote in the direction that we've been going. Uh, <laughs> and I really like Yukimi and Yoite and Miharu. <laughs> just the dad and his two teenage children. <laughs> 
It's like, I love the found family that's a big group of friends, but the found family that's like a disgruntled adult and the teens he accidentally adopted, that's my shit. That's the good stuff. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Yeah, that's it. All right. Favorite quote? So I don't have a specific quote. I was more so going for just like writing style. Oh. So my favorite like writing style was um, We Were There. Oh, yeah. Interesting. You spread this out a lot more than I did. <laughs> it just had like a lot of lines that I felt were really like heart wrenching or would like just really get to me. Like the emotional beats with the writing was there, you know? I get it. I was there. <laughs> we were there. <laughs> stupid joke. Stupid, stupid joke. What was your favorite quote? Um, I really liked the one from Assassination Classroom. I, could, I spent so long trying to find the exact quote, but I guess it didn't stick out to anybody else like it did to me. But where Koro-sensei is telling Karma, like, before you strike someone, put your knife on the ground and, like, humble yourself yeah. to them. And then... Ooh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. One. that's I've used that in my daily life, actually, um, working in corporate America, where it's like, man, this person yeah. is saying some dumb stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I'll just be like, yeah godspeed yeah. you do that <laughs> i feel like that's definitely some like good advice that's really useful in like the working for sure and that's what it was for in the manga too right it yeah karma is getting ready to take over the business world basically i think it was he was about to like fight with some gangsters or something and he was yeah. like no but the point is karma's path ends up being that he's like mm-hmm. a corporate guy moving up through the ranks and that's the advice that really helps him mm-hmm. yeah that's I really, just really liked it we're getting close to the end. What was your favorite overall manga that we have read for the podcast up until this point? Can you guess it? Oh. Oh. Was it Nabari no Yes. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> oh I my god, this is a this is a wipe of the floor here. Oh my god. I feel just bad too because if anybody's up. listening to just the awards, we can't even be like, go read Nabari no because it's out of print. But uh. <laughs> I am really hoping that Yen Press at least releases this digitally because I do think that's something they've been doing with their backlog catalog. Yeah, they're republishing a lot of the author's series or they're Bringing it over for the first time with a lot Not of the Yen other Press. series. Oh, um, Seven of Seas and Kodansha are okay. the two publishers that have, like, the author's works have been coming into English now, but it's different publishers. Okay. So I kind of feel that, I don't know, maybe Yen maybe Press at least might do a digital enough? one. Yeah, if it gets popular enough, I can see Yen Press maybe, if not bringing it back into print, at least digitizing it and releasing, like, digital editions. I don't know. I, the point is, I, I really dream. want this to be available for readers, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so good. It's so good. I feel like another reason why I chose that was I feel like uh, our discussion for that podcast was one of our better ones. I really had a great time discussing that one. Or at least when they're presenting like interesting themes, then you can say, like, did they accomplish what they were trying to say? What was it they were trying to say? Like, mm-hmm. did their message come across, and how did it come across, and did it come across well? Yeah. It's been really fun. I really love recording this podcast with you. Thank you. I've enjoyed it too. Yeah. And I think we're just getting better and better. So look forward to our next year. (laughs) Um, Transitioning from that. Well, I guess we're not looking forward yet. We wanted to kind of talk about outside of the podcast. What are some other manga and books that you've enjoyed this year? I felt like in this year of 2022... 
one of my goals was going and looking at some series that I had bought volumes of but hadn't actually, like, read them. You do that a lot. I do. <laughs> well, to be fair, they're, like, series that I've, like, read the majority of to know that I'm going right. to, like, continue the series. Yeah. And I just, like, Your collect volumes. Your bookshelf is stacked. Yes. It's pretty great. So I really enjoy what I really enjoy. Snow White with the red hair, I really enjoyed yes. catching up to that. And, like, getting past the point of where I was previous when I had stopped it. What's the similar one that you read when you were at my house? Yona of the Dawn. <laughs> you read that one this year. I did, and it was a great ride. And it was Can't so wait to good. come uh, visit you again and borrow your volumes. And read the rest of the series as it slowly <laughs> comes out, yeah. I feel like that's one we definitely have to do the, for the podcast, but that would be a multi-episode one because there's a lot to say about that oh, one. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of series like that. My favorite manga of the year that we didn't do for the podcast is, of course, Spy Family, the one that literally everyone loves. It's so good. I'm I'm very normal about it. I look up a normal (laughs) amount of fan fiction for it every day. (laughs) Other shoutouts that both you and I have read would have to be um, Heaven's Design Team. Yeah. And Which Had had Atelier. I had that one on my list, too. It's so good. Well, that's another one when it's, re- when it's, maybe when it's completed, we have to talk about yeah. it. It is maybe the most creative manga I've ever read, just in the terms of what they do with the, like, panels and the way they tell the story. So good. What about regular books that aren't manga? We also sometimes read books that aren't from <laughs> Japan. <laughs> I, of course, crushed the Six of Crows duology this year, and so it took over my life for a little while. At the beginning of 2022. I keep saying this year. It is 2023 when we're recording this, but I don't think it's real yet. It hasn't sunk in. Yeah, I need to reread that duology. I reread yeah. the trilogy before it. If you like the weird, it's kind of, is that the gas lamp aesthetic we were talking about? Kinda. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's say magic. That's a gas lamp. It's magic, it's a heist. It's found family. It's a it's bunch of misfits who are pining. weird, but like they get with each other. Dice. It's really good. So Don't good. read the series surrounding it. There's a series that comes before and a series that come after, and both of them are <laughs> trash. Al has different opinions, but they're bad. Don't read them. Okay, the trilogy for me, it's not so much trash. It's more of mediocre. It's like a three bad. star out of five. Boring. I enjoy it, but it's not her best writing. Really like she did um a collection of fairy tales set in the world with like illustrations. That one's really good. And she did the, um, she's done, like, a, like, some extra, like, side books for them that I've enjoyed. And Shadow and Bones Netflix series, which is based on her world, is also very good. You can watch that if you don't like reading, which I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but. (laughs) Second season's coming. Yeah. In the new year. I'm not sure when, but it's coming. (laughs) Did you, what is um, a book that you like that you, I know all you do with your time is read books and watch (laughs) K-drama, so you gotta have some stuff. So one is one that I recommended to you, which is A Far Wilder Magic. I loved that one. So if you're a huge fan of um, Film Alchemist, uh, what are their names? My number one favorite manga that I'm scared to do for the podcast because I would just talk about it for 48 straight hours. (laughs) If you're a fan of Roy Mustang and Hawkeye, yeah, read this book. Who isn't? (laughs) Read this book, please. It's so good. It's literally um, like somebody wrote a young Royale fan fiction in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like they and it wrote also a really talks good about one. like immigration and like othering, um, racism in a small town. Like it does deal with those topics as well. Yeah. 
yeah. it's a good time. It's good. It's good. It's about a sharpshooter girl and her alchemist mom who is abusive. <laughs> and her and then this alchemist kid who wants to be an apprentice to her and then they fall in love. Yeah, and they they team up to do a uh, hunt because the girl wants to get mom, her mom's attention and the guy wants to get the girl's um, mom attention so that he can become an apprentice. And it's very good. It's very Freudian. We love it. <laughs> yeah, okay, I have like two other ones. Okay, do so it. So one is a human axe. It is about a actual event in Korea, South Korea. Uh, I don't remember the name of the event right now off the top of my head. But it's basically about this uh, movement for democracy and kind of the government at the time fighting back against this movement. And this movement was largely mm. led by students. Wikipedia is giving me Gwangju Uprising. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, okay. that's it. That's Sounds it. Sounds good. Human Acts is a story from different perspectives of people who were affected by the event of the single day. One is about a boy who is trying to find his friend who he lost during the um, protest. The other one is from the perspective of that friend. Another is from a perspective of a girl who was there at the time, and it's her in her 20s, like, years after the events of this. And I think another one is from, like, the mom of the boy. But it's, like, the ending of the novel is, like, in the 2000s after these events have happened. And it kind of, like, looks back about how the uprising has scarred their nation and has infected them in the generations after. Sounds good. And it's really good. fiction is mm-hmm. very hit or miss, So, but when it hits, it hits good. Yeah. Uh, the other one is the one that's actually the last book I read of the year. And it's called The Book Eaters. The Book Eaters is about these... They're not necessarily humans. They're like humans in the way vampires are humans, if that makes sense. Humanoid. Yeah, they're like humanoid... It's a race of humanoid creatures who eat books. And they're a patriarchal society divided into families. The birth rate is basically like 10 boys to every one girl. And the girls are only able to get pregnant like twice before they are no longer able to have children and the girls are kind of uh, married off yeah they're married off to different families but it's kind of like a contractual marriage where it's like a three-year-long marriage to um like a page uh patriarch family to bear a child and basically like once that child is born they're there for like three years of the child's life and then they are forced to leave and then they have, like, another contract to another family where they have a child. And then after that child is born with the three years, they're sent back to their family. And then they become, like, aunts to kids who are part of their specific household. And they're not allowed contact with the children that they themselves have. So some of the people within them aren't born as book eaters, but are instead born as mind eaters. They're referred to as dragons, and they kind of are used more so as, like, attack dogs in order to enforce, like, the patriarchal rule within the families. So the book itself follows this young woman who has a son who is a dragon who, like, eats minds. So, and she wants to escape, like, the patriarch, like, families. So she's kind of on the run with her son. 
And it's very much a book of, like, this woman who has grown up, like, being surrounded with enforced gender roles. And it's kind of her coming into this realization of how these things have been, like, enforced and how she's being manipulated to, like, benefit others rather than herself and being denied certain things and trying to break away from that. It is on my reading list now. Congratulations, you've convinced me. Sounds good. It Another honorable good. mention I just remembered is we totally, mm-hmm. both of us, listened to all of the Wayward Children series this year, which is a great short audiobook listen or short book. It's just like a fun little blast of adventure. Novella. Novella. Yeah. yeah, which is about... It's about children teens, who have children, gone to mostly girls. fantasy worlds. Yeah. And this is the story of them once they have returned from these fantasy worlds. Yeah. And where they go after that. And mm-hmm. it's a good time. And sometimes it's yeah. the story of them in the fantasy world. Special mm-hmm. shout out to the Horse Girl book, which was my favorite for some reason. <laughs> All right. Rapid fire, because I don't okay. want to do a lot of editing. What are we looking forward to in this year of 2023? So, some really good ones is uh, March Comes In Like a Lion. <gasps> yeah, that's getting brought over announced it was announced in like 2021 um it was supposed to come out in fall 2022 but it kept on getting pushed back um i think the current boy aim is with for it depression to come out. plays shogi that's the story <laughs> yeah it's a good it's, one. First volume is aimed to come out in march maybe april um it's from a small publisher that's so march comes in like a line comes in <laughs> yes yeah, march from a small publisher like a so i think lot. they're looking about maybe like two volumes a year like, it won't be a fast release, but very good series. But the whole on Netflix. That's where we watched it. Canadian they've Netflix, taken off anyway. some seasons. Oh, They've no. taken, yeah. I know. But <laughs> well, the manga's coming. <laughs> travel back in time to Canada and watch it then. Um, another series, which is my personal, is um, Last Game. That's on my know. list and I forget what it's about. I feel like so, you recommend okay. a lot of things to me and then I just add them to my list and then I forget everything else. <laughs> Last Game is a series that I, like, was really, it was, like, I had three authors that I was, like, really obsessed with in high school, and I've been really lucky because all of the series from the authors I'm obsessed with, they're finally getting translated in English. Um, Last Game is one of them. It's, like, the last of the three to finally get announced. Okay, so Last Game is basically about this rich guy who's super smart and kind of stuck up, and in elementary school, he meets this there's, like, this new student who's this girl who's from a poor family, and she basically beats him in, like, everything. So he gets, like, mm-hmm. he basically says, you're my rival now. I mean, it's, like, this one-sided rivalry because she just does not care at all. And I think it's, like, in college. He says, I'm going to beat you by making you fall in love with me, and, who like, this is our last game, and whoever, like, falls in love with first loses. <laughs> so it's by Shinobu uh, Amano. Shinobu okay. Amano is the name. So that's coming. I'm really excited for that one. Nice. I'm excited for Is Love the Answer, which is, you know, asexual representation with a yeah. beautiful cover. That's what I know about it, and I'm pumped. Yeah. That one's coming out in January Soon. this month. Yeah. Yeah. Really Get ready. One. Another one is Do Not Say Mystery, sure. which is, it's a Josai, so like older woman demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically about this college student who just wants to eat ramen, and he keeps on getting involved with um, murder mysteries, or, like, Me. mysteries in general. Oh, my God, it's grown-up Conan! <laughs> yeah. So it's just, like, this poor college oh, student so who just fun. wants to eat ramen, and, like, something happens, and he gets dragged into, like, a murder mystery. But he's, like, 
Sherlock Holmes style smart. So that one's coming. That's a really cool one. I'm really tempted. Um, what I'm excited for that is a graphic novel, but not a manga, is Adventure Zone 11th Hour. <laughs> These ones are coming. They come out about once a year. And um, it's, you know, the McElroy Brothers podcast, The Adventure Zone, which changed my life. And now it's being turned into a graphic novel series. And The 11th Hour is my favorite arc, maybe, of all of them. They just get better from there on, but it's like storyline-wise. Aesthetically, this is the best arc, and I'm very excited to read about it. Um, you know, it's a D&D campaign and Mm -hmm. it's a fun time and these boys are so silly and go on on adventures and there's so much found family that happens it's a it's a fun read Mm -hmm. there's another one um the first volume is out but it's called uh run away with me girl it's three volumes long and it's about this woman who is kind of hung up on her ex-girlfriend from high school and they like broke up when they graduated and one she's in her 20s now and she ends up meeting her ex and finds out that she's getting married but she's getting married to this abusive man no so it's kind of about like them reconnecting and like reflecting on the previous lives and i don't know fully but it looks really good it's like three volumes long Mm -hmm. that's all so exciting oh my gosh i've got to read all these things Yeah, I mean, I don't keep up with the trends in the industry as much as you do, so mostly I'm just as excited, I'm just excited for continuing volumes and the continuing series I'm reading, you know. Um, that's what we mentioned already, Heaven's Design Team, which had Atelier Spy Family, especially Spy Family. <laughs> They're serialized, the chapters come out for free, if you're caught up, the very latest chapters from Japan are translated on Sunday every other week, and it's very tense right now, and I'm scared for my girl Anya. <laughs> She's my daughter, my biological daughter. She's very good. She's a good kid. <laughs> nothing else. You got nothing else? Um. Sloth X Winery. <laughs> I'm still holding out for Sloth X Winery. <laughs> the only one I can think of, this one's kind of a cheat because the first volume... Wait, no, we, became... we have to explain Sloth X Winery was uh, April Fool's joke from... What was, was it? A Viz. This does like April Fool's so jokes mad. where they make up like fake series. <laughs> they played me like that. I thought I was so excited for it. Anyway, <laughs> what were you going to say? So my last shout out, which is kind of a cheat because the first volume came out in fall, but the rest of the series has been pushed into the new year, is uh, Shonen Note by yeah. Yuki Kamatani. Everybody support a... Yuki Kamatani so that they'll bring over um, our favorite manga of the year, Nabari No. More like revive. Yeah, revive it. <laughs> so Shonen Note is basically a coming-of-age story about a middle school choir. Uh, the main character is a uh, boy who has a soprano voice and has, like, noise sensory stuff going on. Yeah, and then it goes into, like, the other characters and their own struggles. It's, like, eight volumes long, so it's not too long. So tender. This it author is, is so okay. tender. We love them. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's, that that's 40 minutes and we're going to wrap it up because <laughs> I don't want to do that much editing. All right. <laughs> so those was our award little chat of um, excited series we're looking forward to in the new year. Yes. I don't it know won't be 40 minutes for you because a lot of it was um, my grandpa calling me to ask if it's okay that his dog <laughs> ate various items. It's fine. She's fine. Don't worry about her. More like various foods. <laughs> but yeah. 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 Um, they are foods, but maybe not dog foods. Anyway, she's fine. That's all I have to say. 
So do we, who wants to introduce um, the manga we're reading next month yeah. slash maybe two months? Well, happy year of the rabbit, everybody. We're getting into Fruits Basket. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do the outro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're going once the outro. Uh, yeah, okay. This has been Behold Manga. And thank you for listening. Our theme music is Strawberry Flavor Love by Daystar. And as always... Stop! Stop! You're reading in the wrong direction! direction.